Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sports Yak. I'm Associate Managing Editor Wayne Shetsky. <laughs> and here's John Guzon, our publisher czar, editor-in-chief. Hello. And today we're going to be talking Arizona Diamondbacks. Today, pitchers and catchers report to spring training, so it's the beginning of another year. You can be as optimistic as you want to be, or the opposite. Well, let's let's choose optimism. Yeah, how about you choose optimism, and I'll go <laughs> oh, with my normal yeah. tack. <laughs> that sounds good. It's, it's worked in the past. It hurts my stomach if I get too optimistic. I can understand that, especially when it comes to the Diamondbacks. It's yeah. like eating, you know, five of those churro dogs. So, going into this season is is almost the diametrical opposite of going into last season. Last year, the Diamondback made some Diamondbacks made some of the lar- the best, biggest moves in Major League Baseball. Yeah. You know, bringing in Granky, bringing in Shelby Miller. You know, they made a lot of big splashes. Didn't work out. Yeah. Partly because of injuries, out. a lot because of underperformance. Um, so this year, you know, they cleaned house, they brought in a new GM, they brought in a new manager, they were taking a different angle. They even changed their uniforms. Even, again. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's kind of stay, that's the course for them. Yeah. Um, so the one question is, did they do enough? Because they added a lot of pieces, they just weren't high-profile pieces. Did they do enough? To, to make enough a difference. For? Well, just to make a difference. Either to, well, it depends on what your goal is. Enough to make the playoffs, enough to just show improvement. Are you going to put me on the spot right away? Yes. Okay. <laughs> spot taken. Well, um, let's no, like, just no, no, look no. at the, the additions they made. Okay. You know, the Taewon Walker trade was the biggest move of the offseason. Yeah, then, you know, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a guy... <laughs> Can I have more detail? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy who, last, you know, if you just look at his stats, not all that impressive. Last season, he had eight wins. He had a four-plus ERA. Up and but, down. I yeah, but too. he is, yeah, but that was a, yeah, if you look at his numbers broken down by month, he had good months and he had bad months. Right. It wasn't like he was that. He wasn't a four plus ERA guy throughout the entire season. Right. He's also a high upside guy, was very recently the top prospect in the Mariners system. Right. So there's a lot there to work with. Definitely a lot there. Um, it's the opposite of what they did last year where they went out and got Granky and Miller, two guys who had a track record of success and sure. then ended up. Uh, underperforming vastly. Mm-hmm. Miller more than... Granky started putting it together towards the end of the season. Miller... Yeah, who knows about Granky? Miller imploded. I mean, you know, I mean, the talk has been that, that, that you know, Granky's got, or I guess not, not the talk, it's been out there that he's got a little bit of anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to figure that him going from, you know, on this huge contract where he's basically second fiddle to uh, Kershaw in Los Angeles, where he still gets to go under the radar, even though he's Zach Greinke. But he's Zach Greinke light because he's in L.A., I think. You know, and it's, I don't think that can be underestimated what happened. But then again, of course, we, we're not there. We're not in the clubhouse. We don't know what goes on. Um, maybe cutting his hair. I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, he <laughs> well, had to... But he did well in Milwaukee when he was the guy. And it was like, but it was Milwaukee. But Phoenix. But there was no expectation, right? When he went to Milwaukee, it was like, oh, we got Granky, we're going to the World Series, and that's what happened when when they came when he came to Phoenix. But, then, but yeah, I'm not even Charles Barkley syndrome. He went. The Angels traded for him at the deadline from Milwaukee, and he was lights out for them too. Yeah. And there was pressure there. You know, they traded for him. They literally traded away the farm. John Segura, if we want to bring it full circle, they yeah, traded away right. their one of their top prospects at the time. Um, for Granky, and he right. performed well, and he was the guy in that situation. Yeah, no, I, but like, well, you know, I mean, what else explains? But I he mean, may have become very comfortable in that second fiddle position, where he could just go out, 
a lot of pitchers would be upset if they're putting up the numbers Granky gets and they're never getting the attention. But obviously he thrived in that situation. So. Yeah. You know, I... You know, to go back to originally what you said about Walker, you know, who knows? It's good to get a good young arm, I think, you know. I mean, the guys you can't you can't teach arm, you know. I mean, you can you, you I, I I don't really want to I felt like I sounded like some old ball coach there. You can't teach arm. And I don't even know whether that makes any sense. However, we can grow them in test tubes now though. So <laughs> right. and we can transplant them. Yeah. But we have but, the technology. You know, it's kind of like, you know, what we know what the the talk with Corbin and Bradley, and I think it even exists with Walker. And is Ray. that if these guys, Bobby Ray, they've got, yeah, if they fail out on the rotation, you always think that eventually they can go in the pen. Usually, though, what happens is they end up being in some other team's pen. Sure. Um, so you know, but well, because eventually you have too much uh, disappointment with one team, it starts getting in their head, and then they just need a change of scenery. Yeah, and you know, I. It's valued. I mean, I think that happens in everybody's life, and baseball's no real different. No real different. It's not very different than... than it's a very presidential vocabulary. <laughs> well, I'll grab your whatever later. Um, it's a very bigly vocabulary. Well, you know, sometimes you when you have the bigly fastball, and you've I think got that the that's... Best, you've got the best words, I can attest. <laughs> you know, I saw Unctious in a story yesterday. Somebody else wrote, and I was just like, that's good. I like that guy. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know... Stockpiling arms and power arms, you know, Dave Stewart used to say that, you know, that that's what they were doing, and you know, we can talk about whatever happened. I think we just need to put that, behind, you know, behind us. But you know that, you know, we had talked about this a little bit right before we went on, and I, you do have to see that that Mike Hazen made, no matter whether, you know, I've I've heard a lot of talk about, hey, it's same team, same thing. We're just hoping for better results, maybe a little have, less injury. There were a lot of injuries. But the, the, the big difference with this team is a lot of the stars are the same. But it wasn't the stars' really problem last time. I mean, yeah, you know, you have the Miller thing. And um, Gold, Goldschmidt started slow, which he always does, but he started slower yeah, than Miller. Yeah, a month and a half slow, yeah. you know. And then which is, no Pollock at all. Yeah, you know, and I still keep hearing people. I mean, it's like, it's so funny, I think, in sports how you have revisionist history is, you know, so dominates. And you have people all the time now saying, oh, A.G. Pollock fractured his... His elbow on the second to last game before spring training. Well, no one really remembers, I guess, that he didn't play all spring training because his elbow, elbow was sore. Injury, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was just hoping he could make it. And, you know, so, I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of that. But as, as far as the going back to the time pitching. He's, he's hurt that elbow yeah, also. So. Right, and they said that it wasn't even in there properly. So he's been playing on a... on a, on the most a, disgusting thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Your elbow wasn't in there properly. No, the the, the plate supposedly had already semi detached. I guess for an extended period of time. You know, again, I'm not his doctor, um, but supposedly it was it was rather painful. But you know, to go back to to Hazen, I think the the staff superficially a lot there hasn't been many changes. But you know, when you look deeper of all the you know they've brought in. A boatload of guys who have pitched in the major leagues before, done it in the relief spot, whether they're any good or not, but at least it's something. Last year, the only thing we had to turn to was unproven kids. That was the only way. When guys failed in the big leagues, there wasn't another veteran to go see if he still had it. It was, hey, 22-year-old, 23-year-old Jake Barrett, uh, Silvino Bracho, uh, Enrique Burgos, um, you know, whatever, the, the list goes on. You know, I yeah, mean, no, they brought in Matt Cook was was you know the I think the biggest surprise last year, and and he's been basically relegated to, 
maybe you know that that seventh eighth starter role if you really have some injuries or guys are really ineffective. But there's been you know that that kind of depth and also that outfield defense depth because they already had infield depth. So I think that 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 Hazen has really brought in a lot of that depth that is obviously not very expensive. It's not Dodgers kind of depth where you got a ten million dollar a year guy sitting on the bench. Fourth outfielder, yeah. You know. Well, maybe so, and and who knows? He's got a track record with Boston of you know using analytics to find those players that other teams might not value, and just digging deep into the numbers to find some value there. So yeah, and maybe he knows when to use these guys too. Maybe yeah. you know he well, found and you the get secret. enough of them, then you know one of them's got to pan out. You know they go out and get Matsus and Jepsen and Samson ha- and JJ Hoover and, and what have you. One of these guys, you know, they're not signing him to big money, so one of them doesn't work out. Cut. Go to the next yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's it's. The way to do it, I think, and hopefully, you know, I mean, you know the way he's looked at it too, and the I think the connection between Lavello and 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 Hazen is mm. strong enough that if he brings in one of these guys to save one of these release pitchers is just really great against you know right-handed batters under six foot, you know, on a Sunday when, when they it's, just broke up with their girlfriend. Right. I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, it could be to that point where. They know that in the, in the analytics, and so that they can then take advantage of these guys. Where some of these guys we might see have some splits that don't look very good, but you know, the more you 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 drill down, I think, in, in, into those analytics, and then you have a manager willing to use them, and then you have a catcher, which is something else. That's what I was going to take you to next. Yeah, uh, you know, who who can actually execute the game plan? Because as, as North Korea will tell you, stockpiling arms alone. Will not make you a contender. <laughs> or shooting missiles at North Korea when Trump's at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Makes go. him look bad. Um, so, yeah. Other, other, I mean, um, some under-the-radar moves they made that may end up being pretty uh, impactful or at catcher where they kind of surprised everyone when they got rid of Wellington Castillo. Oh, yeah. He had an amazing offensive year last year, but he never really grades out as a great defensive catcher. And if you were thinking no. about the underperforming pitching staff last year, then... Catcher can make a huge difference. So they go out and get Jeff Mathis, who is could be considered the best defensive catcher in Major League Baseball. Right. That's the only way you can justify, justify. His, his career. Because I, as I'm an Angels fan personally, and I remember when he came up and he was a great defensive catcher, and they were just waiting for not even the bat to catch up, just, just to be become a, just to become a 240 hitter. Right, right. With with five home runs, that's all they wanted, and he was just always a 210 hitter with no home runs. And right. so they finally moved on. Um, but he remains an excellent defensive catcher. His, I think his uh, catcher's ERA last year was low threes, three twenty four somewhere around there. Which, yeah. if he played regularly, would have ranked out as the best in baseball. Mm-hmm. But he was a backup for the Marlins. Um, so that alone could. But did he caught? Did, did he catch Jose Fernandez? I off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, you know, but, I mean, but I imagine he'd be the guy. You know, even if they're not. He's listed as the starter on their depth chart now. I don't know if he'll be an everyday starter, if they're going to be more platooning back there, but I imagine he'll be the type of guy who will be catching a Granky to get that ERA down. Because just him behind the plate, his pitch framing skills alone, right. could shave off some of Granky's ERA. And I think if Granky has confidence in the catcher he's throwing to, that's yeah, going to make a huge difference. You know, I mean, and you can talk about, I think it's, you know, some of the knock that's come out afterwards, after Castillo's left. You know, because obviously we didn't hear about any of that while he was here. So, 
I, I the knock has been that he you know not a good game manager. Uh, obviously not a good pitch framer. I mean that's that's kind of like you know the yeah he actually had a better days. defensive year last year than he's ever had, but still right obviously there was something going on there. You know, and there's you know I think that when they talk about the game plan, you know, uh, and a catcher's game plan. Um, you can talk about that before a game. You can talk about that between innings. But a lot of times you still have situations that you can't talk about that the catcher's got to make a decision on the fly Sure. T- to either, you know, throw it up and in, throw it low and away, whatever. Um, um, you know, slider, you know, uh, sinker, fastball, change up at that moment where it might not be, you know, it's on the fringe of the game plan. And, you know, maybe it was some of those decisions too. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, and, and you never really know, you know, what it is because obviously, you know, teammates support each other and everybody's in there together. But, you know, I think another thing about it, it seems like we're bringing some of these veterans in, is that there always was that 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 feeling that Oscar Hernandez was that kind of guy too, that he could, and you could see the difference when he was behind the plate. Um, that he could catch, he could frame. Um, he's mm-hmm. a, defen- a, a very decent defensive catcher. But whether they wanted him to continue to learn from Castillo or whether he learns now from, from Mathis. Sure. You know, and so it's, I think it's, you know, it's twofold. And you also have the difference of having still having Chris Herman, who's got a lively bat, That's as a, long yeah, as he can he, catch. And I think they could use him sparingly, to kind of like they did last year, just to offset Mathis, and then they signed Chris Iannetta too. I've never understood Chris Iannetta. He's a above average defensive catcher, but you've already got Mathis. There's this narrative with Iannetta that he can hit, but it's he had two and a half good seasons in Colorado where he hit well. Yeah, and well, then you know, he followed that up with five, four or five bad seasons with the Angels where he just he. I mean, he's got a good on base percentage. He's got a good eye, but he low average, low offensive output. I don't know. Yeah, and you know who really knows he seems what they're going to end up doing. Yeah, he seems redundant with Mathis there. Yeah, but I don't really think that they bought into Herman being a a, a 162 game. I mean, no, I, I think he's more of. A, I think I think you you platoon him with with Mathis. I just yeah, think, maybe even do late game replacement sure. with a better defensive catcher, which typically isn't done as much as as having a defensive replacement in the outfield. But you know, it, it's possible and. You know, you never know what's what's going to shake out and who's going to catch who. But I think they also like Herman's, you know, what they've been saying, and Hazen's always been talking about we need to get more more left-handed bats out in the lineup. And Well, he can play the corners as well. So I think Her- I think we'll see a lot of Herman in just various positions. Yeah, he might actually hit in 162 games if he can stay healthy, sure. but he won't be behind the plate. No. Because, you know, he, he's one of those guys that can give you potential pop from the left side. But he also gives you some contact. I mean, sure. he's and, real decent behind, you know, and, in the bottom. And offense wasn't their biggest problem last year. No. It's, so they, I think if they can stay healthy, they can absorb mm-hmm. a Mathis behind the plate for 130 games. Yeah, or innings, too. I mean, like we talked about, I yeah. think, you know, you never know whether he starts most of the games and tries to give you a, a lead, and then you also have these one of these veteran catchers come in to handle some of these young kids or make sure the bullpen gets you to sure. through nine innings. But, you know, talking again about catchers who hit, and it's the same thing. I mean, I don't know whether you want to segue into shortstop or the infield yet, but um, maybe this will give you the opportunity to do so. But, you know, it's, there's been that discussion that, 
there's two positions on the field, really, or three, I guess, that you don't necessarily have to have somebody who can hit. Sure. Is catcher, pitcher, and shortstop, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's true. I mean, like you talk about how def- how effective Mathis is and what his um, you know all those new metrics on either wins above replacement or even you know runs runs saved. Um, so then you add it to how many you drive in. And then you really figure what he's doing for your offense all year. I forget what, the, what that metric's called off the top of my head right now, but um, you know it's it, it's a valid point. And and if you you know what what Castillo could cost what could have cost the team in in runs, um, you know whether he drives in enough. And I don't think you know I don't think a catcher can drive in enough runs. No, because they're not going to play as many games as other guys. And right, like. Like a Tomas in left field could potentially, if he continues on the offensive trajectory he's on. Right, he can I mean, make up for it. He could. Right. Because even last year when he hit really well, I think his war was pretty even just because his defense is so bad. Right. But, um, yeah, catcher, it's really, unless you're one of the elite catchers, offensively you're not really going to make up that difference. But then most of the elite catchers offensively are actually really good defensive catchers as well. Because if you're great offensively, and they're gonna and you're not good at catching, they're just gonna move you because right. there's no point. Right. Because they don't want you to get hurt. Right. Bryce Harper situation. Bryce Harper came up as a catcher, and he was actually a pretty decent one, but his offense was so had such a high ceiling. Move you to the outfield. Buster Posey. Buster Posey. They're old. Kept him behind the plate because broke his foot. Because he's Mangle. so good as a catcher, but at some point it became imperative to move him to first base at least part time. Yeah. Um, Wellington so, Castillo. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> well, they've even, yeah, I mean, I can see it happening. He might just go straight DH if he gets to it. And in that case, you could maximize his defense. Well, he went to the or Orioles, right? Yeah, you could maximize Wellington Castillo's defense as a DH. Um, yeah, yeah but I mean, that... that's the Buck Showalter school, though, too. I mean, it's it's outscore. I don't care, really, sure. what you do on defense because we're going we're gonna to hit on a uh, Another home run. I thought the Buck Showalter school is hire me, fire me, and then you'll win a World Series. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, he's done pretty good with the Orioles. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I mean, and once they fire him, they'll win a World Series. Yeah, it's, it, it is unfortunate, I think. It yeah. happens everywhere he goes. Well, you know. They at the very least get to the World Series. All of a sudden, you loosen up, you know, and I, you know, because he, at least in, in Arizona, he ran a very tight ship, and it's, it's, it's something about loosening up. And then they brought in Bob Brenly, and he just... <laughs> laughed his way to the World Series. <laughs> well, you know, he got mad a time or two. But how about the trade that we hadn't really talked about? I mean, we kind of talked about Walker a little bit, but we didn't talk about the changing infield. Mm-hmm. Um, the kettle Marte came over. Ahmed the table. is coming back. Ahmed. <laughs> Don't tell Trump. Um, yeah, well, that's he's, what I was saying. Yeah, I'm, he's I'm, once I'm, again, I'm trying to create an international incident. He's one of these old school style shortstops. Pre, we're talking... Pre Jeter, pre Nomar, pre Miguel Tejada, where pre Alex Rodriguez, where the shortstop became a premier offensive position. These we're talking guys are hitting two ten, but they're lights out defense. Nothing's getting through. Oh yeah. And he's one of those guys. He's a top five, top ten defensive shortstop, but he is going to bat two ten, two twenty for you, and he's not going to hit very many home runs. He's not going to hit very many doubles. He's of that two ten, most of that's going to be singles and. You got to deal with that, and can you deal with that along with a Mathis? Can, do they have enough offense to make up for that? Maybe, if Peralta 
Oh, yeah. If Peralta, I think Peralta is one of their biggest wild cards because I think he's the key. You know what you're going to get from. He's also a lefty. You know what you're going to get from Goldschmidt. I think more or less, as long as he stays healthy, you know what you're going to get from Pollock. I think you know you're going to get some decent offense out of Tomas. Um, so Drury and Lamb both looked like they figured it out at the plate. So that's a lot of that's a lot of offense. But yeah, and putting Tomas in left field, I think instead of you know, I mean they. They jerked him around and put him back in right field last year, which yeah. is not a good you thing. You can't do it. I think his defense is, I mean, not his defense is going to improve, but you're going to neg- lessen the impact of his bad defense with Pollock back in center. Pollock can cover more ground than they had. Yeah, I especially because he's got Peralta in right field. Going back to the, I know you wanted to put this all in the past, but the bad moves <laughs> of the previous team, um, the Shelby Miller trade. There's no escaping. Well, the, the Shelby Miller trade. Dave um, Stewart. Dansby, Dansby Swanson was seen as like the big piece of that trade, and he is still progressing to become what everyone thought he would be in a talented nope. top shortstop. No. No. No, he might be. But what's looking to be a bigger <laughs> loss in that trade is Ender Inciarte. Gold. He's one of those guys who, once he got healthy last year and his yeah. back came around, but he's a gold glove center fielder who can cover quite a bit of ground okay let's i want to put it out there hopefully once and for all yeah obviously shelby miller you know no matter what happens it's a dump truck of a if shelby miller continues to pitch the way he has it's always going to be a loser and i think it didn't matter who you gave away you could have given away willingly castillo agreed but (laughs) but but you're giving away pieces that could actually become something but you know the points I still will make about the trade is, you you made a very valid point. Inciarte, great when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. I I just don't ever see him staying healthy more than 130 games ever, um, and usually he'll probably average around 100 games. But he won a Gold Glove playing 130. Games. Yeah, because people are in love with him, and it was, he was the hot. He was the the really? flip side of the Shelby really? Miller. You're thing. gonna say Ender Inciarte is getting the media bias? Oh, well, I would say half half people baseball fans don't even know who that guy is. He's playing. I mean, he was he, he, he was, was listed as the, part of the top you know ten center fielders in but MLB. But that's because he he's a he's an excellent defensive center fielder. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, I I agree with you. But and he's I mean, not, a jeter, AJ he's not Pollock, a jeter defensive player. Where no, but if you the have narrative AJ, says he's good. If and you have AJ Pollock and Ender Inciarte, I would still play Ender Inciarte in center field. I mean. uh AJ Pollock in center field. Okay, but even if you have a and they're in Ciarte in left and an AJ Pollock in center and then Peralta in right. Yeah, I mean that 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 outfield got us ten wins probably yeah. in, in twenty fifteen. And I, I totally agree with you. I miss Inciarte. I do. I mean he was my favorite player in twenty fifteen. And, you know, it, I think it was worth it. Uh, I, I think, you know, I still think the trade was worth it. And mainly because Dansby Swanson, if you look at his, his defensive metrics, he's never going to work out as a shortstop. He's not a major league shortstop. He's maybe a major league second baseman. Okay. And um, if you you know if you look at, at at Swanson's numbers, I mean he's in the low. You know he had more than eighty innings. We we're going to talk about Brandon Drury at some point, but his defense mm-hmm. um, equates to putting Brandon Drury at shortstop, and it's just not going to cut it, no matter what he can do offensively. Um, and so, you know, they want to put him at shortstop, and I don't think he ever wants to leave. And I, you know, who knows whether that played into it. You know, people looked at it and just knew he just, just doesn't have the range. And he's an older guy, so he's not going to get any quicker 
out there. You know, I mean, he is. In that case, you have to go, like, why did they draft him first overall if they didn't think he could. Because he was trade bait, I think, you know, and, and you put his bat somewhere. Because, you, I mean, he's obviously. But do you use a first, a first number one overall pick hey, for trade I'm not bait? saying he's he should have been a first round pick. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that if I'm you get him. I'm not even talking him, about first round pick. He was the number one pick. Well, obviously. I, I, you know, why are you. I, <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate to this narrative that Dansby, that Dansby Swanson will never become anything. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying he's not going to become it. I'm just playing devil's advocate to that narrative because they drafted him number one overall. You don't just do that for uh Well, you can just and do that. I mean, you can, and then you get that, and that's why you end up getting fired very early into your tenure as GM. I, I you know... Like the past 12 Diamondbacks GMs. Maybe we should move on to the next topic. Okay, so... No. All right, so now let's talk about how bad Randy Brandon Jury will be uh, at second base. I'm sorry base. I had to change the subject so quickly. <laughs> um, no, so, but speaking of yeah, guys who... Swanson, boo, that's a lot. Speaking of guys who may be a disappointment defensively at second base, Brandon Jury, that mm. looks looks like that will be his everyday position. No, it looks like they found, they've opened up a space for him there with the Taiwan Walker trade. So, um, you know, because Chris Owens didn't really pan out as your everyday second baseman. He looks like he's going to be more of like your super utility guy who can play the infield, the outfield, whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, he, he, which is fine. Talented he, athlete. You know, he to me he put himself nicely in outfield in in center field for never playing there. Yeah. He basically walked in and played major league center field. Yeah, to me, he's like the Drew Stanton of oh baseball players. <laughs> well, no. If you had said Drew Stanton was your starting quarterback, people would be like, oh, you suck. But when you have Drew Stanton as your backup quarterback, yeah, that's it's great. Deep. He's one of the best backup right. quarterbacks. Right. You can survive with him for four games. That's how I feel about, about um, Chris Owings. Chris Owings. Right. He's, he, when Pollock got hurt and you're like, Chris Owings is my starting center fielder? Ugh. But he played well. Do I want him to be my everyday starting center fielder for years to come? No. But right. if someone gets hurt and he's got to play center or he's got to play a corner for you or he's got to come in and step in at shorter or second or even first, yeah, I can take him there. Yeah, I can take him there for a few games. He can hold his own at the plate in short spurts. He can play decent defense. He's got enough tools to do that. Um, but Brandon Drury, he's a good offensive player, had a great season last year offensively, you know, 16 home runs, 50-plus RBIs, moving all over the field. That should only improve as he has a steady position to play because you always hear about players who are moving around positions outside of maybe Ben Zobrist. Their offense suffers because they're yeah. trying to focus on playing all these different positions. They can't focus as much on their bat. So that should help that improve. So I expect those numbers to at least stay either level out at that spot or at least go up, which is good. But he was a atrocious defensive player wherever you put him last year. More in the outfield because right. that's where he played most of the time. Right. Um because his war was basically even. He was basically like a um, like a negative .2 or something yeah, in that, yeah. despite having a good offensive season. Depends on what... what which one, yeah, which metric you like. So we'll say zero, just to be fair. Well, that's that's fair. Yeah. So Point let's, three. Basically, we'll just say that his his defense negated his offense, or vice versa. Sure. Um, so if that offense improves, then that, you know, that could be a win. Plus with Goldschmidt at first um, and Ahmed at short... Those you, right. pop, very plus defensive players that could kind of negate what you're getting from him at second base. Because shortstop is more of a premier defensive position anyway. Right. Um, and, and Jake then, Lamb is you and know, then Jake, no Jake, slouch. No, Jake Lamb base. is a very serviceable some, third baseman with pop. So He has some issues. He has um, issues, but he's young, and he's shown, he's, you know, he's not like a Tomas where you're like, 
Can he what play third base, hell? or do we have to move him? Or a Paul, uh, going way back, Paul Canerco. Right. He's not a guy who's going to get hit in the face with a line drive in one of his first minor league games playing third base, like Paul Canerco, which is a story I heard from the. Yeah, I you know I'd love to hear I the had. story of what happened when uh, with that how when Paul Canerco took a line drive to the teeth. No, well, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine how that went. <laughs> but, uh, first base. <laughs> but um. Uh, I mean, how somebody convinced Dave Stewart and Chip Hale, I would assume, that, you know, a Yasmani Tomas experiment at Who third base is his is a agent? Good idea. That's what I want to know, because that guy deserves He needs to rage. represent me. That guy deserves 20%. That guy deserves 20%. Um, yeah, so, but, so, that's an experiment. That's may, may or may not work out. I don't think the jury is in, by all means, in either direction. So, what, on Brandon Drew, on Brandon Drew, Drew second at second base? Well, I, you know, I think you need to have a place for him. You yeah, know, no, you I, get no, his bat in the I agree. Lineup, no, I you know? think it's a I mean, good experiment to to perform, but I think you need to find out because you want to, You don't want to wait too long to where then his trade value declines because people are starting to realize there's no position for yeah, him. Yeah, seeing seeing Nick Ahmed and Brandon Drury makes me miss Kevin Towers, and I don't know because <laughs> the age, say, yeah, the age, Drury's that. age and his offensive potential make him a pretty decent trade piece. Which this team also needs to start realizing which trade pieces it has because if this doesn't work, making a yeah, few minor changes, blowing it up could be right around the corner. Yeah, but you know, I mean, lost in that whole conversation is how how Zach Greinke is still the big drain on sure. everything that they're talking sure. about, and he's you also can't have the Zach biggest with thing a four ERA. It just... that they could get pieces back for. And you know, the second year in or near the second year where you. Where maybe the Diamondbacks say, "Okay, we pick up the rest of year two salary," but then, you know, three, four, and five are on you. Because they have a uh, they, their minor league system is basically drained at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, you They've know, either traded away or brought up everything they have. The biggest problem I think with the Diamondbacks is if Granky gets hurt, but if and he's still a serviceable him. serviceable trade piece at the at was, the end of the year, and they're not performing, because I'm not necessarily sold on that. I mean, you, you know, again. I think I think you know before I say anything further um, about you know pro, po, you know possible projections because we said we were going to get to that kind of quickly, uh, you know full disclosure here I'm a total homer I've, you know a Diamondbacks fan and like you said in the beginning, kind of have that optimism streak especially mm-hmm. when it comes to my homer uh, um, teams. Last year I had a, a trip to Vegas you know a business trip to Vegas made sure I went to a sports book and. And just did the $20 flyer on the D-backs winning the National League in the World Series. You know, just because it's fun. I, you know, when they're when they're in contention, it's always fun to have those tickets. You don't like I having think. money. Yes. Well, $20. <laughs> I mean, if I, can't, if I can't waste $20 on some baseball fun, then, you know, just take me out and shoot me. But, so full disclosure. Okay, but I'm not doing that this year. I still have another trip coming up. <laughs> Before the season starts, I, I, I'm going to, you know, have another business trip to, to Las Vegas. I will not be doing that this year. However, because mainly that's just because my wife would probably just laugh me out of the house when I got home. Um, but I probably would still do it just because I think it's fun and it's exciting. If a team's in the chase and you ha- potentially have these, you know, yeah, things no, where you can it. get 50 to 1. Uh, you know, on 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 a twenty dollar um, you know take, it's it's just it's just fun. It's you know it's not about the money. It's just the fun. Last year it was it wasn't fun after April, which kind of was soft. <laughs> yeah, um, they got bad quick. Yeah, but you know you have to think that again. I really like and and like we had 
I had mentioned earlier, and I'm going to go back to it because that's what gives me the optimism is that there's depth. That even if you lose people, you know, I mean, you have to be prepared to lose, you know, uh, guys to injury Mm -hmm. every year. And it's those teams that can overcome it. But that just doesn't come by luck. You don't just say that you're going to depend. Everything is going to be depending on young guys making the next step. Mm -hmm. If that's everything that you have as far as overcoming injury, you're going to have a disappointing season because there's no way to do that. And, you know, last year was all about the big splash. It was about getting... They basically put everything into the Granky Miller basket. You subtract Inciarte from that, and you lose Pollock, and you are just totally screwed. Sure. Which is basically what because that was the one year. piece you couldn't afford to lose because you traded Inciarte. Yeah, I mean it was it was if Pollock goes down, you're totally screwed. Which I was going to say the F word, but we are trying to not make these podcasts graphic anymore. Oh, you should have told me that. I've actually been. Clean no, I, th- I don't think the F word is considered dirty anymore because nope. we live in the age of Trump. However, I have you know optimism for this year. I mean, I really do because you still have Goldschmidt, you have Granky. I think he's going to be comfortable. Um, you got to have catchers, some break- better catchers paired with him. Yeah, I mean, and Corbin, you know, he's still got a good arm. He, they showed what happened last year. Maybe it was just the second you know year jinx. Maybe it was calling wrong pitches. I mean, they. I know that 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 he had stayed away. I think from his slider more than he had, um, and you know some people were saying that might have had something to do with it. Who was calling that? Whether it was you know, I mean, there's a reason why Mike Butcher didn't get fired. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, we're not in there, so we don't know exactly. But poor decision you, making by them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, hell, poor decision making by Diamondbacks management. Shock, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, you know, how can you? It's like uh, what happened with uh, Trump and Mike Flynn last night. You know, it's like. The Diamondbacks, oh, we fully support, fully support. Two years later, you're fired. We never really liked you, you know, and so you know that something's going on. The whole crap that's going on with the stadium, which is a whole different thing, which, again, FanFest being moved to Salt River Fields, and then it, po- it most likely raining on the day of FanFest. That's karma on the Diamondbacks management right there. But if we're going to go back to Trump, maybe the clouds will open up right when they start having FanFest. Yeah, or his hair will ma- magically grow and cover the field. <laughs> But you know, you know, we know that Kendrick and his family don't like Trump, so that's another uh, millionaire billionaire feud. And Kendrick, right and he doesn't have any hair anyway, so. Well, when you much. look like Mr. Magoo, you really gotta work hard at not looking like you're a bumbling fool. <laughs> I really think it, it should be paramount. Well, he needs to work harder. Um, <laughs> Second job. <laughs> All right. So let's. Uh, that being said, Diamondbacks were sixty-nine and ninety-three last year. Yes, they um, were. What is your realistic projection? We'll get to best case after that. What's your what's your realistic project, projection with the changes they've made? Where you think they could go? You give yours first, and I'll, I'll you know I mean I'll I think, your parade with I think you know I think realistic is is being over five hundred. I think they could have gotten to that. Okay. You know I think realistic is maybe eighty two, eighty three wins, something like that. I mean, if you really want to say that that's what the team does, if if they just kind of go out there and play. We're not too far off. My realistic projection is a little lower, but it's like 75 and 85, just below. Like well, a, you're like going a, with the like projections. Like a six-game like six improvement is where I'm going with. Like, you know, zips and all that are around 75, 77. Because so. to me, they didn't change enough to make a significant difference. If they don't have injuries, too many injuries, I think re- if you're looking at realistic projections, you have to build in that someone's going to get hurt. But I'd say if you get a decent improvement from Granky. Pollock's playing at least 
most of the season. I'd say you can get six six wins or so more than last year. Um, some combination of that with the defensive improvement. I mean, really, I mean, cause, your, you know, because that's the things I see with, like, when I look at Zips and I say, okay, you... you, you sports girl? Do we have, an, do we have a sponsor you know, for this the, podcast? No, it's the projection <laughs> service. No, these were just my projections, my personal, without looking at the services. Well, you know, I, and even with your projection, if you say it's a six-win improvement, but you have, you know, under the assumption that, you know, obviously you have Pollock back and... No, that's what I'm saying is, I'm saying Pollock's back. Um, you've got these catchers who should be able to improve the pitching staff performance. Uh, those uh, you get some other defensive improvements. I'm saying not every one of those things is going to, if you're being realistic, is going to work out as planned. But I'm saying either some combination or one of those things working out should allow you to get five or six wins. Yeah, I, you know, and I still think that that's conservative. If you, you know, that's why I'm kind of. Well, that's why I'm realistic. Generally conservative guess. If you're gonna, you know, they're not getting ninety wins. You know, I mean, because they were close to to. They, I think they had seventy nine wins right in uh, twenty fifteen. Right? Sounds so, right. I don't know, know something I don't like know that. that. And they're really closely. You know, Larusa was saying, if we don't break even, if we don't hit five hundred this year, I'll you know I'll consider it a disappointment. And they they almost got there, um, and it was kind of close enough. And that's as why happy they went as I am in. to see Tony Larusa disappointed. Um, I know it's kind of sucked because we didn't win, but my, you know, my, I guess as far as the realistic projections go and why I look at an eighty-two is that I think the sixty-nine is when everything that can go wrong. Don't define does. the sixty-nine. We are trying to keep this more cl- cl- uh, cleaner podcast. <laughs> well, we we, well, uh, we forgot all the toys for today, and that's our own inside joke. Well, but fuck it, let's go <laughs> move on. But no, no, I mean seriously, if you have sixty-nine wins. When everything basically that can go wrong does. Slow start by Goldschmidt. Um, the pitching staff, you have no reliable guy who can, you know, give you a three or a quality start every time out. Robbie Ray was impressive, but, you know, he needs to step up his game. And you have to have Granky doing that on a regular basis. You have to have Miller doing it on a regular basis. Take some of the pressure off of the younger guys like Ray. Yeah, right? you, know, you know, Corbin. And I think, I think Ray is ready to take that step. And, you know, he, mm-hmm. is, he has the stuff to be an ace. Um, sure. And and so does Bradley, and so does Corbin, you know. So you know, I just think that that sixty nine, uh, and again, the sixty nine wins in uh, twenty fifteen, <laughs> is is what happens when things go you know completely wrong. So then that getting up to seventy seven is just things going averagely wrong, um, yeah. you know. And so that's why I kind of see eighty two being a little bit of, you know, when you actually have regular. You know, turnout um, and, and and guys are performing. See, I don't see the ceiling on this team as that high, as it stands. I think they need maybe one more big move just to get a play like a one additional playmaker to help take the uh, like where pressure off. I I don't know if it's either. I don't think it has to be. There's one single. I think they have a lot of steady players at every position. So I don't think it, there's one position where it needs to be. I just think as a whole, they need someone to take the pressure in the lineup off of Goldschmidt because. I don't well, think... don't you think that's part of the reason why why Drury's playing second base and why they need his bat? Because I agree. As but... great as Segura was, you're never going to hit him behind Goldschmidt. Well, and as great as Segura was, he's never going to do that again. 
most of the statistics. I would have to agree with. I you. think that was a good trade because I don't think he's ever going to. But do that, that guy, you know, his after batting average. Him play last year, I would hate to bet against him. He his batting like, average. No, I, I like him as a player, right. <laughs> and even when he's not doing what he did last year, he's still a solid player. I just don't think he's going to do that again. His right. batting average on balls in play was, yeah, absurdly high. Right, and that's a pretty good barometer of whether what you're doing is sustainable. Yeah, but he wasn't popping the ball up. He was hitting a no, lot of hard. He was hitting a lot of hard line drives, balls. but line drives don't always fall. And the rate they were falling for him is high. If you're looking historically, an unsustainable rate. Right. Um, so, but getting back to it, so I think this team's best case scenario is more of a maybe an 85 win team. I best still, case. I I think so because I just don't. I think, like you said, everything going wrong is a uh, 69 win team. I just don't think there's. A whole, I don't think because of who they've got, there's a ton of difference between worst case and best case. So you're going from 69, 70 up to 85. Because if I think the only way that that goes higher is if Granky becomes Dodgers Granky. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. Oh, Miller. I mean, I am writing off Miller. There was too many things wrong with him. And they never gave me, if they gave me an indication that they had figured out at least one of the things wrong, with him and we're working on it, then maybe I'd be like, all right, maybe he can get back to at least like a four ERA pitcher. But by the end of the season, they seem just as clueless about his struggles as they did at the beginning. Well, didn't he have a good end of the year? Not really. I mean, you know. He, he threw together, by good end of the year, you mean he had like one or two a. starts that, yeah, but that, they did not give me any indication that they, they brought him back <laughs> up and he started doing the same shit that he was doing before. And... Whenever you have a pitcher and you say, but he's good the first time through the lineup, that's your first indication that you don't have a fucking clue. Because that's basically you saying, uh, he can get guys out once, but well, then put him in the bullpen. Because if you can't get guys out more than one time through the lineup, then I don't know what you're going to do. I'm not sold. I think Shelby Miller's done. I think he, I think that that last season's, whatever went wrong with him mechanics-wise, whatever, is too screwed up to fix. I think mentally he's too screwed up. I think maybe if they send him somewhere else where he can get a fresh start again. But I think his time in Arizona, I think that season, I think that was like a David Carr, or not David, or yeah, David Carr with the Texans type yeah. of season where he just got shell-shocked. And I don't think he can succeed here. I just think there's too much. Or just him. that, you know, um, batters have confidence, you know. Like he they was don't... literally scraping his knuckles on the mound. <laughs> Yeah, he's a knuckle scraper for sure. Um, you know, I mean, you know, the numbers, I guess, don't lie. He only had 91 innings, I think. Um, and he had a six-plus ERA. Last year. Uh, no, 101 innings, 6.15 ERA. Um, and before the All-Star break, he was 2-9 and nine with a 7.14. And after? After the All-Star break, he, he only threw in 31 innings. And he and what did he do? Um, six starts. One and three, and he had a three point nine eight ERA. Okay, so the ERA came back down, but he still wasn't winning, and it was only thirty innings. Um, yeah, and you know, it's and it's also that you know. Also, in, they're not in contention at that point. Yeah, he had a three ERA in August, but he only threw six innings. He's starting to look start, like he's a. He, and then a four point two ERA in. It's, in twenty five innings in September. Like being on the Braves too long hurt him, and you know he can pitch when there's no pressure. Because the Braves, those Braves teams, he was. I mean, he, when he was on St. Louis, okay, those teams were doing stuff. When he went to the Braves, those were teams with no expectations, and they weren't doing anything. And it seems like maybe he 
just can't take the pressure of pitching on it when it matters. Yeah, I don't know what happened. You know, I mean, I, I you don't really see many interviews with Miller now. I hate to kind of say that Steve Berthume, um, you know, put any insight on Shelby Miller, but you know, he does that cup of coffee show, and he did one with Shelby Miller. And uh, get some insight on Steve Berthume. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I think it was a little bit of insight on I think Shelby Miller's. Um, state of mind, you know, whatever else has been going on. But, you know, maybe he'll turn it around this year. Maybe not. But, but I don't I think, think they need the him to. I, I don't think he is. I think Granky's the key. Because, yeah. I like you said, they've got well, what Corbin, they do with them? Corbin, Ray, um, Bradley, all those guys. They re-sign, they re-sign Rubby um, to a Rubby. minor league deal with an invitation. You know, Rubby's one of those guys who's always shown the talent and – it's just a matter of putting it together. So maybe some of these catchers can help him too. Um, so yeah, I don't think they... He's got to go to the pen though, right? They're not even talking about him going to the rotation No, anyway. but how many times have the Diamondbacks put a guy in the pen for a while? Well, he could be the next coming of Sergio Romo. I think a lot of the same body uh, types sure. so that he can have... You know, he, I think it's good to have a big guy in the pen, but it's also good to have a, a kind of a smaller guy who can maybe recover faster, I think. Sure. So... 95 wins is my projection. So, no. John, my, so we, no, my best case scenario, 90 wins, wildcard birth. Okay. But we've come to a consensus that's another 69-win season and they're going to suck. No. No. I'm just I, joking. No. no. I, so, so I'm at 80. So here's our projections. I'm at um, 75 to 80 wins, depending on how uh, injuries and all that kind of stuff works out. And you're higher. You're up to 85 maybe as like 80. a... Eighty as your realistic, and then ninety wins, best case. Best case with yeah. a wild card. Bear. All right. Yeah. Thank you for. You want to you want to bet lunch on it? Sure. Oh, while we're at it. Yeah. Okay. Um, does that have to be expensive or? Uh-huh. <laughs> you pick it. Somewhere for lunch, right? So it can't be. It depends about, on what, how, what my paycheck looks how about like. That, at the time. How about that uh, that hot and spicy place that we can hopefully get as a sponsor of our next podcast, the Burnt Toast. I don't know what you're talking about, but we'll do it. <laughs> Maybe we can cross-sponsor with the Bitches Food Club. Okay. Okay. We'll, 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 we'll All right, good. Again. All right, well, thank you for uh, tuning in to another episode of the Sports Yak. I'm, uh, I'm Wayne, this is John, and see you next time. Goodbye.